All right, everybody, let's dig right into this today. We are focusing all of our attention on God's promises. Come on, say that with me, God's promises. And last week we learned that God's promises are yes and amen. Come on, say it with me, yes and amen. So God gives us a yes and we give him an amen, so be it. And uh, we're talking today from Hebrews chapter 12. So let's go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 12. We are going to focus on another promise from the Word of God. Again, 2021 is this, this focus on God's promises. So many distractions around us, so many things happening around us. We are focusing on God's goodness, God's promises because we can build our life on God's promises. He's not a man that he should lie. We can build our lives and our faith on the promises of God. And today, we're going to focus on an amazing promise from God. Uh, literally, we are going to be looking to something today. We're going to be putting our focus, our eyes on something today. Something amazing, something incredible today. We're going to put our focus on Jesus Come on, say his name with me. Jesus, all right? So we're putting this focus on the promises of God. We're, we're, all the distractions, we're just going to focus on the word of God. And last week, again, we started with 2 Corinthians chapter 120. For all the promises of God in Christ are yes and in him, amen. But the, it didn't stop there. For the glory of God through us. And that was such an amazing revelation last week, wasn't it? That not only is God a God of promises and, and he fulfills his promises, but he will do it through us. What an unbelievable revelation we got from God. That God will fulfill his promises through his people. And that is one thing that's just been with me all week long leading up to this broadcast. Just all week long just thinking about how God desires to fulfill his promises through my life through the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that is just mind-boggling to me. It is yes and amen. And this week we find an amazing promise in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Now, if you know the book of Hebrews, you know that, that the author of this book wrote this to people who were struggling in their faith. If you read through Hebrews, man, you got people that are doubting. You got people that are, for the very first time in their life, are facing persecution for following Jesus. We know that the book of Hebrews was written to people who had anxiety and fear, people who were just really coming against it. It was just, life was just slamming them. Persecution was coming against them. They had these uh, anxieties in their faith. They had these moments of uh, a lapse in their faith. And the book of Hebrews is written to these people to encourage them, to give them hope, and also to refocus them. Like they had gotten caught up in all these distractions that were going on around them, and they had lost focus of what it was all about. Now, one of the most incredible chapters, maybe in the whole Bible, one of the most famous chapters in the book of Hebrews is the chapter that comes before Hebrews 12, and that is Hebrews 11. 
And in that is what we know as the heroes of faith. And I put that in quotations because we're going to talk about that in a moment. The heroes of the faith. Now, have you, have you heard that terminology before? If so, just put it in the chat right now. Yes, heroes of the faith. Man, those people. Uh, I've read about those people. I identify with those people. In Hebrews 11, we see this list of all these people, these, these, these people that we look at as kind of untouchable, these people that are kind of above us, that somehow they had faith that goes beyond us. And that leads us to Hebrews chapter 12. And the very first word of Hebrews chapter 12 takes us backward. Now, this is a word that a lot of preachers, a lot of speakers will kind of focus in on this word and they will make a whole entire message just out of this word and you can do that. But the very first word of Hebrews 12 takes us back. How many of you know that sometimes you've got to go back to take care of some things to to be able to refocus where you are right now? Why? Because we forget. Listen, for some of us, we, we forgot something this morning. You know, I may have forgotten my keys this week. I may have forgotten something this week. And God just gives me a reminder of something I already knew. But there comes a refocusing of that so that it becomes clear so I can use the lessons of yesterday for today, right? Jesus told the disciples that when the Holy Spirit would come, the Holy Spirit was going to remind them of everything he had already taught them. So the very first word of Hebrews chapter 12 takes us back and here it is Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 therefore okay therefore therefore what well because of these things this list of people and what they endured and what they went through therefore right here's how it applies to you right now we've given you this so therefore now here's the truth That applies. Listen, Christianity is a walk of faith and it is a faith that has to have application. Guys, listen to me. It has to have application. We can't just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers of the word. We can't be hearers only. We live in a culture that wants Google to do it all for us or Facebook to do it all for us or Wiki to do it all for us. And we have stopped being critical thinkers. We have stopped thinking for ourselves and getting revelation for ourselves and applying it ourselves. I can't apply this word for you. You have to apply it to your life. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, therefore, all these people, all these situations, therefore, here's what you've got to do now. So let's read it. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Now, we're going to kind of dig into that for a second because there's a whole other teaching that kind of goes and it kind of takes you off track of what he's really trying to say here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who are the witnesses? The witnesses of Hebrews 11, those people, people that have gone before us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Wow, that's so key right there. The weight and the sin. See, not every weight that we carry is actually sinful. It's just a weight. It's just something that distracts us, that keeps us back from our focus. And the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Set before us. Put your eyes on something in front of you, right? Then here comes our promise for this week. Here's the promise, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. That's our promise this week. Jesus is the author 
and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who began it. He's the one who will end it. Like he is, that's our promise. Our promise is in Jesus and he is the one who started it and he will finish it. Your story is still going on. It's not over. It's not done. God's not done with you yet. Come on, right? That is such encouraging word for us today. What a promise that we have to stand on. The promises of God are yes and amen. And now we go looking unto Jesus, putting our focus on Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Now listen to this who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Man, so here we are in Hebrews 12. Here we are in this place. Therefore, because all these people walk through all this, therefore, all these people, what did they do? They risk everything for the promises of God. God gave them promises and they risk everything, even their own lives for the promises of God. That's the witnesses we're talking about here. Not an audience, but their lives as a witness for us. A lot of times this is, this is taught, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses and they're an audience. That's not really necessarily what's being said here. What's being said is their life was the witness. What, he, what the author says in Hebrews 11, that's the witness. Their lives are a witness to us. They are witnesses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, their lives, they paved the way for us. They paid the price to walk in the promises of God. Remember, the book of Hebrews was written to people who are struggling. Listen, you may be struggling today. Struggling with their faith, their life, their family. Being a Christ follower has gotten hard for them. Now, let me ask you a question. Has following Christ gotten hard for you? Like really following him? Have you had to pay a price for following Jesus? Have you ever been there? Are you there now? Are you in a place now where it is hard for you to be a follower of Jesus? Come on, just admit it. If you're there right now, put it in the chat. Yes. Just say yes. You're just saying yes, that's, that's me. Man, it has gotten hard to follow Jesus. But now you've got to ask yourself your questions. Why has it gotten hard to follow Jesus? Is it because my flesh wants to do something else? Or is it because... People are coming against me. Persecution's coming against me because those are two different things. One is of your own doing, one is not. Big difference there. So they, they, these people had difficult questions. Have you ever had any difficult questions that you even felt like you couldn't ask God? Maybe you felt guilty even asking God the difficult question. Maybe your friends who are following Jesus, you didn't want to seem weak in your faith, and so you just wouldn't ask them the difficult questions. Therefore, all of your relationships are superficial now. Listen, God's not afraid of our hard questions. God's not afraid of our difficult questions. Read the Word of God. Man, they had some hard questions for God. And guess what? Their questions were not always answered. We think that if our questions aren't answered, somehow God's not moving in our life. And that's just not true. Because guess what? You can get none of your questions answered, but still get revelation from God. Why? Because his promises are yes. His promises are yes. 
They had difficult questions. Do you have uncomfortable questions? Some of these people that we're talking about, they were barely hanging on. How about you? Maybe you're there today. Type it in the chat now. A time, a moment that maybe you were at the end of your rope you thought. Listen, type it in the chat right now. Listen, we can't take a biography from you, but just make it quick. Yes, there was a moment. Yes, put, a, put an address to it. Put a place to it. Yes, you know, New Mexico. Yes, Louisiana. Yes, Florida. Yes, Michigan. Yes, California. Whatever. Yes, this, this street address or this house or this school or this moment in time where you were at the end of it, but yet God still brought you through. Come on, right? That's the reminder today. But here's the point. The point is following Jesus gets difficult. And for some of you, that's where you are right now. And you know what? That's okay. You want to know why? Because you're in good company. Hebrews chapter 11. The great cloud of witnesses. Those witnesses. See, somebody may have told you it was going to be pixie dust and rainbows following Jesus. And guess what? You found out it wasn't. Do you remember the day? Do you remember the moment that it first dawned on you that following Jesus was not going to be easy? Think about that for a second. When was that moment when you were like, whoa, I didn't think, like, I didn't know this was going to happen in following Jesus. And you had to get to the point where you said, you know what? No matter what comes, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. You know what that's called? That's called faith. That's called faith. That's when your faith becomes real. That's when your faith is your faith, not someone else's faith. That's when your faith is not the preacher's faith or your mom's faith or your dad's faith or your grandma's faith. That's when it's your faith. When everything's not going good and it gets hard and it gets difficult following Jesus and you still press on toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. You still run your race with endurance. You focus on God's promises and you get up and you go. That's when your faith is your faith. Can you remember the best piece of advice you're ever given about overcoming, about getting up, about not quitting? What's the best piece of advice you ever got? And if you feel comfortable, tell us from who. Just put in the chat right now. What's the best piece of advice you have ever gotten about not giving up? Come on, just put it in there right now. Again, no biographies because I'm still talking and I want you to hear what I got to say. But just put it in there. Talk with our people. This is a, this is a dialogue, not a monologue today. Here's the point. These witnesses endured. Through faith, focus on God, they saw some of the most amazing, powerful things ever. But they also some, saw some of the harshest times that you can even fathom in your mind. Some of the most lonely times that you can ever imagine where they felt like that God wasn't even there. Or at least it seemed that way. When we read those stories in Hebrews 11, it's by faith, this person did this and this person did this. But in every single account, there are some of the harshest moments we've ever read in the Word of God. Think about this. If you require earthly validation of your faith, is it really faith 
Why is that important? Because these people were just like us. They prayed prayers just like us. Yes, they were heroes of the faith, but they were just like us. And the Bible says that they didn't even receive the promise that you and I have received. Like they didn't even get to see it in its fulfillment. They didn't get to see Christ coming in his fulfillment and now to be able to follow in that fully restored relationship with God. Just think about that. We call them heroes of the faith, but they were just like us. They had doubts, they had fears, they had questions unanswered, but they kept running the race focused on God's promises. And their lives tell us that God was working even when they couldn't see it. And we see now that God was doing exceedingly abundantly above all they could ask or think. Why? Because thousands of years later, thousands of years later, we're still looking to their example. Their story goes on. You know what that means? That means that even when they didn't see God moving in their situation, God was moving in their situation then, and he's still moving in their situation now. He's using their story. And then verse 2 gives us this amazing promise. These cloud of witnesses, awesome, we're running our race, we're laying aside every weight and the sin, we're doing all of those things, and now it says, therefore, right, therefore, all these people did this, but they didn't receive the better promise that you do. Therefore, you look unto their lives as a witness and a testimony. And now what you do is you apply this to your life. You lay aside the weight and the sin and you keep running, right? But how? Looking unto Jesus, focus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our Faith, that word looking means this, undivided attention, removing every distraction, fixing one's eyes on one singular object. Looking, not Jesus and everything else, but looking unto Jesus, the focal point. You know, we talked about the monocular, the, the periscope, right? Focusing on Jesus. It doesn't mean that everything around you has stopped. It's all still going but your focus is on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, and it gives that word, author and finisher, the founder, the completer, the perfecter. And guess what? The cross proves his investment in our lives was greater than we have even invested in our own life. Think about that for a second. His investment in your life is even greater than whatever you've invested in your own life. Think about that, the cross. Jesus invested his life, his blood. He gave up his place in heaven. He paid a ransom to rescue us, to save us. And now we are running a race he has already run. So yes, you can get up and you can finish. Why? Because there's already victory. You want to know one of the reasons why we don't get up and try again? Because we don't think there's an opportunity to actually win. We give up when there's no assurance of victory. When we think we're going to lose, we quit. That's our flesh. But why can we get up in this race? Because it's already been won. You get up and you keep running. 
Well, how do I do that? Look unto Jesus. He started it. He'll finish it. You just keep going forward. You just keep moving. We say it all the time. Moments create movement. Moments in your life create movement. To move. Make a move. You hear us say it all the time. Take your next step in Jesus. We're not just saying that because it's a cool saying. Take your next step in Jesus. Well, I can't take five. Take one. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does that mean? A lamp, your first step. Just take that step and then take the next step and then take the next step. And all of a sudden, your path you're walking becomes lit up. Get up. Get up. That's what this promise is all about. Get up and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's not done with you yet because you're still here. Get up. Jesus invested his life. He has already won. We have a better sacrifice, the Bible says, than even the witnesses of Hebrews 11. And that sacrifice, his name is Jesus. And then these words, these words have just been burned into my brain. Who for the joy, catch that, who for the joy that was set before him, Endured the cross. Enduring the cross does not seem like joy to me. Enduring doubt and fear and anxiety in the world we live in right now does not sound like joy to me. You know, when people get up and they're just like, hey, just get over it. You just got to be happy and just got to be happy. How can you be happy on a bad day because happy is just an emotion? But joy is not an emotion. Joy is a person. His name is Jesus. So good day, bad day, guess what? Joy is possible. Why? Because joy is not an emotion. Emotion, joy is a person. It's Jesus. Why do I look unto Jesus? Because he's peace and he's joy and he's fulfillment. Why do I focus on Jesus? Because he's everything you'll ever need. And every yes from God is in Jesus. Every yes from God is in Jesus. It says, for the joy that was set before him. And so I started thinking about that for the joy. Wait a second. What held Jesus to the cross? Was it nails? Well, how in the world could nails hold a guy to a cross that moved waves, that resurrected dead people and walked through walls? Nails were not going to hold Jesus to the cross. What held Jesus to the cross? It was the joy that awaited him. Not the joy of the cross, but the joy awaited him after the cross. Not even the joy of resurrection, but what awaited him after resurrection. What did he get in death and resurrection that he, did, that he didn't have before? He had a place in heaven. He had access to everything. But what in the world? Think about this. What in the world did Jesus get in death and resurrection that he didn't have before then? You. He didn't have you. So wait a second, Scott. He was in heaven. Yeah, but we were still here wandering around without complete and total access to the Father. And when he came and when he died and when he resurrected, guess what? Every barrier between us and the Father was torn apart. And he gave us complete access that Jesus won us. He came to save us. 
for the joy. The cross wasn't the joy. The joy that awaited him was you. It was you. He did it to save you. We were his inheritance. Think about that the next time you fall or you want to quit. That he died for the joy of having you. Think about that. If he felt that way about you, doesn't that make you want to give up the trivial distractions of this world to love him as much as he loved you? Why do we serve? Why do we give? Why do we preach? Why do we teach? Why do we film? Why do we edit? Why do we watch? Why do we listen? For the joy that awaits us. <laughs> the joy that awaits us. Scott, it's a bad day today, but you can still have joy because of what awaits you. We don't thank God for the bad things that happen to us. We thank God through the bad things that happen to us. Look unto Jesus, the focus. It's not over. He started it and he will complete it. God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. He is faithful to complete that which he started. What did he start? He started with you. He created you in his own image. And what's his desire today? His desire is for us to keep on running so that he can finish. Not, not just so we can finish what we started, so that he can finish what he started. Because if we keep running, guess what? There, there is a day that awaits us that we will be just like him. No more death, no more disease, no more sickness, no weeping, none of that. We shall see him as he is in his fullness. And we shall be seen in that same image. He will be able to finish what he started as we finish our race. For the joy, for the joy that awaits us. What a promise from God this week, guys. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Man, we're going to keep running. We're going to get up because the battle's already been won. We're going to get up and we're going to finish. Why? For the joy that awaits us. Man, let's pray. And then you guys are going to worship together. We're all going to worship together. Man, we're going to go after God. We're going to go out with a bang. We're going to worship Jesus. We're going to thank him. And man, we're just going to get with the team. And we're just going to worship the Lord in fullness, awaiting the joy, awaiting the joy, awaiting the joy, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you today. What an amazing promise you've given us today. What an amazing promise you've given us today. God, we thank you, Lord, that we can look to your word and we can be assured that even though we don't see it, we don't feel it, you're moving in our midst. You're moving in our situation. You're moving in our life. And Lord, if we be anywhere on this planet right now, we don't know about that joy. We don't have that joy. We've never taken that step to get up and get in the race. Lord, I pray that 
we would take that step today. That we would come to you with all of our stuff, the sin and the weights. We would lay it before you. Say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I want to come with faith to believe that I may confess you as Lord of my life. I may confess you as Lord of my life. I may repent, turn from my wicked ways, and confess you as Lord of my life. And Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity today. Refresh those who need refreshing and help us all to refocus and get our eyes on you. One of the great promises you ever gave, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, as we worship you, as we come into this time of worship, I pray that you would fill us, you would renew us, you would heal us. But God, more than all that, that you would accept and receive our praise and our worship today as we finish our time out together. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you guys. Bless you. Let's worship the Lord.